Amen. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. This podcast is made possible by our generous supporters, so if you'd like to partner with us in sharing the good news around the world, please visit amenpodcast.com slash donate or click the link in our bio. I'm Lokalani, your host, and today my husband, Alex, will be preaching from Mark chapter 15, verses 34 through 37. So... Our house is getting painted this week, but before it was really dark and it didn't even really feel like a home because of that. And for you, life will get dark and that's because this is not your home, heaven is. We're not meant to live in darkness, but sometimes we have to live through it. And so today we will see how Jesus pushed through darkness on the cross and that in him, we can have the strength to live through darkness, um, the meaning behind it and how to emerge stronger after going through darkness. So, let's read. Okay. Mark 15, 33 says, At noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice. I can't say this. A lot. Eloi, Eloi, lema shabachni, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last and the cur- sorry that was it awesome yeah we'll read the next in the next episode but yeah that was hard it's like aramaic it's like hard mm-hmm. to read he, my dad when he read this he said eloi eloi yeah but I, i've heard eloi too <laughs> and then sabatini is like there's like a there's a hebrew way to say that i didn't go to school for hebrew so and you probably didn't either so it doesn't really matter the point is what it means is my god my god why have you forsaken me and i love that mark translates that you know, because his Roman Christians who were reading this, they would have read Mark's gospel first. They didn't understand those words in in Hebrew. And so I love that he does that. You got to We always have to be aware of the non-Christians in the room, right? The non-religious people in the room. I would just remind her that I was on a voice chat on our discord. And uh, one of the kids is like, I'm not even a Christian, but I'm part of this discord. And I thought that's super cool that he's in this and that he is hearing us talk about God. Um, super cool. And then another kid uh, was talking about salt and light and how this illustration that he heard um, about why Jesus said we are the salt of the world. And as he's describing it, I was thinking like, wow, like I heard this illustration when I was like his age, you know, and he's, I don't know, he's probably like 13, 14, maybe 15. I don't know. But I was like, I heard this when I was his age, but I'm about to be 30 next month. And I've known this illustration about salt like for so long but it just reminded me and gave me joy to know that like we really are reaching the next generation. I don't know how you guys listen to us and watch us. I don't know what <laughs> you guys see in us, but I'm so glad you're here. Um, but we're just reaching people all over the world. They're like, I'm from Canada. I'm from Missouri. I'm from Texas. And that's super cool. So where are you guys at in the chat on YouTube? Let us know where you guys are coming from, where you're watching from. It says at noon. This is verse 33. Jesus is about to die today like in this episode he's gonna die he already died you know 
over 2000, almost 2000 years ago. But in this episode, we're going to talk about his death and he dies later on. But right now we're looking at noon. What happened at noon? Well, at noon is when the sun is brightest in the sky, right? Mm -hmm. It should be the brightest time. But what happens? Darkness fell. Four words in at noon, darkness fell. What? I mean, this is how you start a TikTok. You start a TikTok with the most like the most exciting part that hooks people in. That's what this verse is like. It's like a TikTok that's saying, at noon, darkness fell. That's not supposed to happen. We live in a world where when it's bright, it should be bright. Mm. It should be bright at my house. It should be bright at your house. It should be bright in your relationships. It should be bright at school. It should be sunny skies in, in what your life is looking at right now. But most time, it's not for the Christian. For the Christian, when it should be bright, it's actually dark. And that's what happens to Jesus. Fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Three hours of pure darkness in the middle of the day. That's so strange. And as a Christian, when you take up your cross, when you follow Jesus and you, you follow in his footsteps like he tells us to do, you're going to realize that there's situations that are dark and you're, you're going to be thinking, why is it dark? Is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. is my relationship with my parents dark? Why is my relationship with my best friend dark? What have I done wrong? What is going on? Why does work feel so dark for me? Why mm. do I feel so lonely? Mm. You're a Christian. Yeah. That's why. Christians will go through darkness. The hope is what darkness does to us. Mm -hmm. Because only a Christian can do in darkness what they do. And that is they be a light. Other people, non-Christians, they're not lights. We are the lights. In darkness, Christians shine brighter. For the world, in darkness, it's just dark. They're just a little, you know, they're stubbing their toe. They're running into stuff. They're falling into trap after trap after trap. This is what Psalms tells us. But Christians, we have a path. The word of God is a light into our path and a lamp into our feet. What does that mean? We don't stub our toes. Mm -hmm. We may fall down. We may get hurt. But we don't run into the things that other people run into. Why? We have this. If you, if you desert this, then you're gonna, it's going to get darker and you're going to start running into stuff. But mm -hmm. when there's darkness all around you, David says this, I'm surrounded by darkness, mm -hmm. but you are with me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fear Psalms 23. I don't have to fear why you are with me. Mm -hmm. I told this example, you know, in a, in a TikTok earlier this week, my daughter and I and my son were riding on our, uh, they were riding in the wagon and I was pushing them. I was going for a run. And I didn't even really want to take Lion. I kind of snuck out, but Lion was like, Dad, I want to go with you. And I was just a picture of how he wants to be in the light. Mm -hmm. He wants to be next to the Father. And I need to be like that. I always need to be running down, chasing down the Father and be like, God, I want to be close to you where the light is, you know? And so we go for a run. I'm pushing him, and this big pit bull starts yelling, like yarping or what? What's yarping? It's not even a word. Yapping? Yapping. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking of like fart and, and yap for some reason. But he starts yapping at us. Yap, yap, yap. Like, and it was like scary to me. But Lucy's fine. And you, Lucy jumps at everything. Like if I sneeze too loud, Ju Lucy just like jumps like crazy. Mm. And so she's fine. Why? Her little brother is sitting right next to her. Mm. Or her big brother. Yes. You know, she's the little one. Her big brother was right next to her. And staying in the word, walking on the path, Having this word as a lamp, as a light, that is what's going to give you the courage and the strength to go through darkness. Jesus is going through this darkness for us. I want you to know that. He is about to die in darkness so that we can learn to live through it. Verse 34, then at three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatini, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? 
What this means is Jesus was abandoned so that you would never be abandoned by God. What this means is Psalms 22 comes true. Over 700 years before Jesus even gets on the cross, Psalms 22 prophesied this exact sentence. Mm -hmm. You can go read Psalms 22. Google it. Matt Chandler says, Google is your friend, but just be careful. But go Google Psalms 22. You'll read these words. This was prophesied that Jesus would say this. Why was he forsaken? So that we would never be forsaken. God's back was turned to Jesus, even though Jesus was 100% God, 100% man, and sinless, innocent, the, the God the Father turned his back on his son so that he would never turn his back on you. That's what's coming true in this moment. Verse 35, some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. It's already pretty dark for Jesus. On top of the darkness, on top of it being pitch black in the middle of the day, on top of his father turning his back on him because his father cannot look on sin and not punish it. Punish it. The darkness of God being the judgment of God all throughout scripture. When you see darkness, it's a picture of God's judgment. When Moses comes and gets the law, the 10 commandments, it's found or he meets God in a dark cloud. Darkness is a picture of God's judgment. Even though it's dark, what happens? It gets darker for Jesus. Why? Because the people closest to him misunderstand him. Mm. Isn't that so dark when you're already having a bad day and then, and then people misunderstand you, you try to kind of, explain what you're going to and they just do not get it nor do they care mm -hmm. that makes your darkness even darker i mean there's darkness can get darker right there's darkness where it's like oh it's it's dusk and then it's like okay the sun is down it's dark but the moon's giving us light and then there's darkness where you can't see your hand in front of your face that's the type of spiritual darkness jesus is going through they don't understand they think he's calling out pro to his a prophet elijah when he's trying he's talking to his father He's quoting scripture. A lot of times when you quote scripture or you, you know, pray or whatever, people aren't going to understand it. They're going to mm -hmm. think maybe he's talking to some spiritual being out there in the universe. No, you're talking to God. But some people outside the church, even inside the church, they'll maybe think you're doing something else. Mm -hmm. They won't understand the scripture that you're quoting. But that's okay. Because you know why you're quoting it. Verse 36, one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said. Let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. So this was kind of like, it, from the outward looking in, it would look like a sign of compassion, but it was actually cruel curiosity. What they would do is they would give sour wine, usually maybe any type of liquid, to make the cross last longer. Right? The, the way you die on the cross is asphyxiation, which means you basically suffocate and you dry out. And so to give a prisoner up there sour wine, yeah, it's kind of compassionate, but it also prolongs the cross. Mm. And so they were willing to prolong or to at least try. Remember, Jesus says, no one takes my life. I lay it down. So his time, he knows his time. Jesus is up there in full control, even though he's given up all control. He is the one that lays down his life heavy. But listen, he says, or they could have gave it to him thinking, oh, we're going to give this to him to see if the prophet Elijah comes because they think he's calling Elijah. Even the fact that, you know, the word Elijah and the word Eloi, they're different words. They probably sound a little bit similar, mm -hmm. but you could just see how Jesus is just, he's, I mean, he's probably foaming at the mouth. He's probably got cotton mouth. You probably can't even understand what he's saying because he's saying it through bleeding teeth 
blood. He's probably lost most of his teeth because don't forget the soldiers were punching them. And so they can't even really understand it because of his circumstances, because of how he looks. And again, as a Christian, you're going to be in situations like that too. Things are going to be so bad around you that people are going to be like, we don't recognize you. We don't even understand what you're saying. We don't understand what you're about. Why are you living your life this way? Why are you doing these things? Why are you saying these things? We don't get you. All that means is you're, you're following Christ. The fact that the world can't understand you and is misunderstanding you just means you are following Christ. Why? This is not your home. First Peter tells us this. You don't belong here. You belong in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, Colossians says, when your real life, who is Jesus, appears, you're going to be shining in the sky with him. He is your life. So mm-hmm. think about that. Think about your life that is in heaven. That is what this life, that is, what this life is all about is realizing that your real life is in heaven. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. The video games, the cars, the clothes, the money, all that. That's not what life is about. You can chase that to your blue in the face. It'll leave you empty and alone and sad and depressed and in further darkness. That's what's so key about this. Mm-hmm. They are offering this uh, the sour wine to them out of curiosity and cruelty, not out of compassion, which means this. We as Christians, when, when we're weak, we would probably turn to those things. We would turn towards cruelty and curiosity instead of doing what Jesus did, rejecting it and staying obedient to God. No, when we're in suffering, we say, bring the wine, bring the sour wine. Let me take a sip. And all that does is it's it's cruel curiosity. All that does is prolong the suffering, make the suffering worse. We turn to Instagram thinking this will help my suffering. It makes it worse. Now you're not only suffering, you're comparing your suffering to someone else's suffering. Not only that, we turn to alcohol and drugs and TV and video games and stuff like that to make the suffering a little bit better, but it makes it worse, right? Now you're suffering, but you're not paying attention to the suffering. You're paying attention to this other stuff that's distracting you. And all the while your suffering is getting worse. That's not smart. That's not wise. Don't anything you turn to outside of God in your suffering will just turn out to be cruel and unusual, more punishment for you. It doesn't work. And that's what suffering tells us, right? Suffering, as you go through suffering, you realize, oh, wow, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, wow, I turned to things that are pretty stupid. Oh, oh, wow, I, in my suffering, for me, for example, I learned, uh, you know, Here's, a, here's an example. We're, we're painting our house, right? My friend Damien was like, we got to put tape everywhere. And in my head, I'm thinking, we don't have to put tape everywhere. I just put tape, you know, near the part that we're going to paint, right? And so if it drips a little bit, we'll be good. Well, I pick up a paint bucket and I spill it everywhere. Thank God the tape was there. And it, it revealed something in my heart. I don't have as much integrity as I need to have. Because a person with integrity, they realize I'm going to cover all my bases just in case something happens just in case I have a slip up, just in case life gets dark, I won't trip. That's integrity. Suffering helped me see that. That's what suffering does. Don't you see why darkness is so important? Because without darkness, we won't learn to shine. Without darkness, we won't learn the importance of our flashlight, which is the word of God. We won't learn who we are. Don't you know God calls you a light? He says you are the light of the world. And also Jesus, our big brother, he calls himself the light of the world. 
So because we're one with him, we're abiding in him, and he's our big brother, that means what he is, we are. And he calls himself a light, that means we are lights. Matthew 5.16, you, through suffering, you learn what you're made of. You learn who you are and what God is trying to do through you. It's amazing the feeling we get when it's dark and we're at a campsite and it's like, man, I can't find this, and a flashlight comes out. Mm. The help and the amazing feeling that now I was blind, now I can see. That is who you are. You learn that through darkness. Don't turn to other places. And when you're in suffering, the world is going to push sour wine in your face. The world is going to say, just take a sip of this. The world's going to say, do this. The world's going to say, do that. Everything the world suggests for you, try to do the opposite. Because it's pretty much the worst idea you could do at the time. Don't listen to the world. Mm. Try to do in fact, you almost will always know you're doing the right thing when you do the opposite of what the world is doing. And if the world doesn't like it and you're not fitting in with the world and the rest of the world around you starts to not like you, all that means is you're being a proper Christian. Because it, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What that means is if you're being picked on and you don't know the reason, it's because you are a son or a daughter of God and the world does not like you. My friend is, um, I'm not going to tell you who, but he's getting a new house. He's, he's buying his first house. And I said, you know, we can't, the sad part is, dude, we can't tell people that. Why? People don't know how to celebrate with you. You tell people something that's so important to you, and they're like, oh, wow, well, where's mine? How sad is that? Instagram is part of the reason that we're like that. Mm -hmm. We already have that sin inside of our heart. Instagram just did a great job of bringing that out. Mm -hmm. Now we can't even celebrate with people. We're too busy comparing the world is not going to like you because you're a Christian. All that means is you're doing it right. He, Jesus died alone on the cross, naked, in shame, being made fun of. But the, the glory of God was shown through him when he rose again from the grave. And the thing is, you're going to make it out of your darkness. You know what the proof is? Jesus made it out. Not only that, he's physically alive. We don't have a theoretical Jesus sitting on a theoretical chair in a theoretical place called heaven. All of it's real. There's people there right now. The angels in 1 Peter, it says that they're tripping out that God would choose us. They're losing their minds thinking, what is it about these people? Why does God love them so much? And why does he place their image on them? And one day, that God who made us is going to appear and we're going to be with him in the sky. You know, Jesus made everything, right? You are made in God's image. God, Jesus, is God. Jesus is the word of God. Genesis tells us God spoke, let there be light, and now there's light. Those words became a, a human 2,000 years ago in a place called Bethlehem, and he grew up to be a man, and he died at 33 years old, and he rose again from the grave with all power in his hand. Now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and that same person is the person that made you and me. So his image is on you. That means you are like him in some way. He, he's like you in some way. Don't get me wrong. You're a disgusting sinner. You need grace because you sin every single moment of the day. Even when you feel like you're not sinning, I'm sorry, you're sinning. And God loves you and he's placed his affections on you and he's, you've been made in God's image. What Jesus came to do is restore that image because it was broken. He's doing that and he wants to show who he is to the world. There's a story that my mom was at the side of my 
great-grandfather when he died. And one of the things that turned his mind to the affection of God and to see the beauty of Jesus was my mom told him, you know, you, are, you remind me so much of God. You were always taking care of me. You always provided for me. And he was a full-on atheist. You provided for me. You protected me. You, you cherished me. You listened to me. You loved me when I was unlovable. You really saw me when I felt unseen. And that him realizing that, oh my gosh, God is not so far off that he is like just some theoretical thing in the in the planets up there. No, he's a he's a human. He's hundred percent human, hundred percent God. He's touchable. He's near, and that it broke his atheism, broke his mind, and it softened it. And he got to experience Jesus. That's what it's all about, guys. You're going to make it through your darkness because he's near you and he loves you and he sees you and he made it out, which means you're going to make it out. Look at this last part. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. He, I mean, he breathed his last so we could breathe our first. Remember when God made everything, when Jesus made Adam? And he breathed into him, Genesis says. Well, guess what? That breath of life animated us. It, it made us live. But we were basically zombies after sin came into the world. Yeah, we're walking around, but we're dead. Dead in our trespasses, Ephesians says. So the breath of connection with God, the breath, the real breath of life, that was gone. Yeah, we're living, but the real life, the eternal life, we lost that. And when Jesus breathed his last, now we could breathe our first, our first breath of eternal life, our first breath of living forever with him. When you trust that he breathed his last so you could breathe his, your first, when you trust that Jesus died in darkness so that you could learn to live through darkness for his glory, when you trust in that, you're breathing eternal life, my friend. That's what it's all about. That's what this life is all about. It's not just 80 years of having fun and working and then you're dead. What kind of life is that? Trip, I trip out on people who are just like, whoa, like, yeah, I'm 80. I'm, I'm going to live my 80 years and I'm going to retire my last couple years in Hawaii. Awesome. If your life is all about working and getting enough money so that you can retire somewhere and not work the last couple years of your life, if that is that. If that is what your life is all about, I'm sorry to say it, that's very sad. That's not hope. You know, the thing about the world is the world has hope. Christians have living hope. Peter says, we have a living hope, which means the hope we have keeps getting better. Your hope stops at your money. Your hope stops at your relationship. Your hope starts at the marrying the person you want to marry or getting the job you want to get. That's your hope. Well, your hope stops there. That's not great hope. The hope I have is dope. Because it lives forever. It's living. It gets better. We're going to be 2,000 years into heaven, and it's still going to be getting better. Why? We have a living hope. That's what you have. That's why, don't you see, that's why darkness is necessary? Because you only see that stuff through suffering. Mm. You only get to experience hope when you really need it. Mm. Darkness is necessary, and I, I should have said this a long time ago. And I'm going to end with this. It's supposed to be dark. As a Christian, you think something's wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not praying hard enough, not reading my Bible enough. No, the Christian walk is supposed to be dark. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't say your word is a light. 
or a lamp if you weren't supposed to interfere with some darkness at some points. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be dark. That means it's working. That means something good is happening. And one day, all the darkness, all the tears are going to go away. Mm. And what I need you to do is I need you to preach this to yourself. I had to do it this week. Our kids wake up at 5 a.m. And it's hard. I get discouraged. I'm like, man, am I doing something wrong? I can't even have me time. I can't read my Bible. And I get so frustrated with the fact that they wake up early. And I get so irritable in the morning. And I've had to literally preach this to myself. I had to preach to myself that I'm not doing something necessarily wrong. It's hard because this is suffering. Mm. You know, it's puny suffering compared to what people are going through overseas. But it's suffering. And because it's suffering, it's supposed to be dark. It's supposed to be hard. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to get, you know, frustrated at times. And you're supposed to have to stop and not choose cruel curiosity. Not choose something to numb it or to escape it. Stop and you preach the gospel to yourself. You say... Jesus, you died in darkness so that I could learn to live through mm. the dark times in life. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I had to preach that to myself, and it worked, guys. It works. Mm -hmm. It helps you change your mindset, transform your mind. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for who you are, what you've called us to be, what you've given us, the power we have to walk through darkness, to see who we are and where you're taking us and the power of your word and the living hope we've been called to help us, God, to really apply this to our life when life gets dark because it, it's going to be dark at home when it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be dark at work when it shouldn't be. But you're with us and we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this is part of the episode called After the Amen where we ask you a question to apply this message to your life. And so our question today is, what darkness are you experiencing right now? Um, I kind of shared this a little bit earlier in the intro, um, just like literal <laughs> um, pushing back dark walls and making them white, <laughs> kind of like you see behind here. But um, yeah, I just love like what you said, Alex, about it's supposed to be dark, you know, like it's it life is supposed to be this way for us because we are not of this world. And I think that is just such an encouragement because similarly to you, Alex, I've just struggled with a lot of those things too. Like, why is this relationship this way? Or why is this um, situation hard? Or why do I feel misunderstood in this situation? But the hope that we have um, when we look towards Christ, who um, pushed back darkness on our behalf, and um, that we get, we have a home with him. And we have other believers, our brothers and sisters here on earth, to encourage us and to um, be light, to remind us of the light and push us towards the light, which is Jesus Christ himself. Um, and so, wow, what an encouragement. And I can already feel like the weight lift off of my shoulder when I think about the darkness in my life or the darkness that's to come because, you know, that's, that's this Christian journey, you know. Um, the darkness is around the corner, but light is always available. And so, so thankful for Jesus and so thankful for you, Alex. Thank you so much. And um, we love you guys. And it's our prayer that this message will help you live through the darkness with Christ's purpose this week. And so until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.